apology, not a PS, um, because I'm listening to this podcast back with the same earphones I used to talk this podcast or iPhone. What my friends have been telling me the last couple phone calls, hey, you keep going in and out. It sounds like you're really far away and then you're really up close. You're really far away and you're really up close. And I thought, it can't be my iPad, I mean, my earbuds, whatever the fuck they're called, because they're really expensive. And so how could that be? But they're right. These fucking earbuds are going in and out, in and out. So I'm really sorry that I and some of it is in well if not just don't listen to it this is really mostly just for Sandra anyways so apparently this is just a test I'm going to listen back to this and see if it's still in and out because I just reset the stupid earbuds whatever obviously I need better equipment you know that I was talking about keep doing my book chronologically it's going to take a million years to finish i think so i'm going to go over the highlights so that i can get this book out and i definitely want to call this book part one because there's so much that i have to cover there have to be two parts okay there's i'm not going to fit my whole life into one book the sound of that Stuff that I've done and, and it's not going to fit in one book. Just like my book in 1999, I thought that was a really shitty um, explanation of my life story. I didn't like how the publishers were rushing me and telling me nobody wants to hear about your personal life. Just talk about the celebrities. People only want to hear about the celebrities. Okay, I get that. But the whole point is there's a story about how I got my hands on the celebrities. You can't just say, hey, I massaged all these rock stars. People want to know why and how. And I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth to wealthy VIP parents. It's on my own. Nobody helped me. No one has ever helped me. And that doesn't mean I'm a victim. That just means I did it myself. And I'm pretty fucking proud of my career. We would be way more successful if I didn't have two children. But the whole point of being on this earth, in my opinion, is to procreate and kids, have family. That's what it's all about, you know? Not, not saying that everybody has to have kids, but that's why we have genitals to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to do some highlights about the 90s and the most important things let's start with okay the roger waters concert that's probably the only concert from the early 90s onwards that i paid for i paid 50 german marks because i didn't have a cell phone i didn't know the manager etc etc even though i had met roger waters before in the 80s i just paid the 50 marks because it was going to charity um, concert. I went the next day and played with the big styrofoam blocks that he created the wall with. That was fun. 
and other highlights were, uh, yeah, my European trip, going on the train, the Ural path, that rape story. Um, excuse the noise, I'm feeding my cats because I'm. if I have to wait for a moment in life where I have nothing to do, this is never going to happen. So I'm very sorry about the background noise, but that's just how it goes. You must know that if you've been listening to my podcast. And okay, the happy Mondays. And then Dread Zeppelin, not lead, but Dread. Dread Zeppelin, that was funny. Hung out with them, massaged them. Then what else? Okay, um, The Commitments. There's a movie called The Commitments, and there's actually a band called The Commitments, and Andrew Strong, the singer, went on tour. And I got to meet him and his manager, Quinner, who I'm still friends with today. And Andrew adored me, okay? He was younger than me, Irish. We got along splendidly. He was wicked funny. He loved the massage. He said he had trouble sleeping, so I massaged him. And he gave me a shout out on stage. He's like, I want to thank my friend, Dr. Dot, for the back massage. It was incredible. And this song's for her. And he played a song for me. For the life of me, I can't fucking remember what song it was. But if someone has a recording of Andrew Strong in Berlin in the early 90s, you'll hear it. Then another shout out, another Irish band called the Hot House Flowers. I massaged the singer, Liam. He gave me a shout out on stage. Thank you to Dot for the neck massage. I love that when they give me a shout out. Oh, and, oh my God, how could I forget this? <laughs> Bob Geldof, okay? You have to understand, I'm an insanely big Pink Floyd fan. Like. Yes, I love the Beatles. Yes, I love the Beatles and I love Frank Zappa, but I have a pretty big obsession with Pink Floyd. Anyone who really knows me, like Jenny Jupiter and my friends from the 80s, they know, they know that I know a shitload about Pink Floyd. And I have always had a crush on Roger Waters. He was, oh, fine. If you watch the movie um, Live at Pompeii and you see Roger without a shirt on, oh, my God, he's so gorgeous. I just think I just like tall, thin, white guys with big lips. And British. If they're British, I'm done. I can't even. Um, it's a done deal. Anyways. So, um, Bob Geldof came to Berlin. I went to the show. His band was called the Happy Clubsters or something like that. Bob Geldof and the Happy Clubsters. I have to look that up. It was something with happy. And I saw the show. I, I met him twice when he came to Berlin. Um, <laughs> the first time, I don't know. He had gotten my number probably from Robert Plant's manager or something. He called my landline and asked me if I could come. He said, I heard you give massage in his Irish accent. I'm like, yes. And said, this is Bob Gallup. I'm like, oh, nice. Um, and he goes, can you come to my hotel? And he said he was staying at the Hotel Intercontinental. Pretty sure. And it was on Kantstrasse, not Kant, not C-U-N-T, Kant. 
K-A-N-T. That's what, I'm pretty sure that's where it was. And listen, I'm sure it's been done a few times before, but I couldn't help myself. I knocked on his door. It was like eight or nine at night. He opens the door and I go, uh, I walk in the room and I go, apartment oh oh this place is bigger i go this place is bigger than our whole apartment i go where all these your guitars and i walk in the bathroom i go look at that what a fabulous tub and then i said all are all these your guitars so like at the at the time i knew the lines perfectly from the scene in pink floyd the wall where pink he played the role of pink in the movie Pink Floyd, The Wall. And he brings a groupie back to his hotel room. And she goes in and says, oh my God, this place is bigger than our whole apartment. And she goes into the bathroom. She goes, what a fabulous tub. And then she sees all of his guitars, all these good guitars. And he goes, very funny, nice one. you know. And so I, I massage him. I didn't have a massage table at that time with me. Um, I don't know, I can't remember what, I think it was locked up in, I don't know what was happening because I was kind of moving in between apartments at that time. So I massaged him on the bed and he talked a lot, told me about his life, told me that he was only on a press tour at that time and that he would be back soon in Berlin and wanted me to come and see his show. So I went with a Swedish girlfriend uh, to see the show. And after he wanted to go have a drink, I'm telling you, there was an Irish bar down the street. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Molly Malone or something. And um, I brought every band that played at the Metropole slash Loft because it was a big place called the Metropole. They also had a little club inside called the Loft. Anyhow, they played the big club, the big hall. And then I took him and his band to... Um, the Irish pub. Actually, Mickey didn't come with me, my Swedish girlfriend, Mickey. She always slept really, really late. And I call, he's like, oh, you have a Swedish girlfriend? Call her up, call her up. Is she hot? And all this stuff. I go, yeah, she's very beautiful. He goes, oh my God, call her up. And my girlfriend was like, I am not coming if, unless they pay for my taxi. I'm like, oh my God. She said she's not coming unless you pay for her taxi. He's like, all right, all right, all right. So she shows up in a taxi. Bob goes out and pays for her taxi. She comes in and all the guys in the band, the crew are like drooling over her because she's super tall and skinny, blonde. Um, she's got a big nose, but guys don't give a fuck if you have a big nose, if you have a body like she had. She was a lingerie model from Sweden, so they didn't give a shit if she even had a nose. Anyways, this is a scandalous part of the book, which will probably embarrass my kids. Um, but anyways, me and Mickey, and Bob went to his room after, okay? Had nothing to do with massage. We were not working. This was a night out. And I was single. So anyhow, um, we didn't let Bob touch us, okay? So get that out of your head. Bob did not touch me. He did not touch her. Let's make out. And she and I had a buzz on. I had a few wine scholas, they're called in German, which is a wine spritzer. It's like wine with mineral water. I had a couple, Mickey drinks a lot. And so we were in the mood. So she and I made out and he watched and um, massaged himself, if you get my drift. So um, it is what it is. I mean, whatever. Every girl experiments with other girls. I'm sure of it. 
And um, we know how to take care of each other, if you get my drift, because we have one, so we know how to treat one. So that happened. And um, then the next time I saw Bob was years later at um, Live 8. So it was a long time in between. It was like the early 90s to 2008. But he remembered me. How could he not, you know? I mean, he's funny as fuck. We get along. He gets me. I get him. It's not like we were pen pals or anything. But, yeah, so that was a big thing. And uh, what else? I mean, yes, yeah, so I wasn't always the best behaved. But, like I said, we didn't let him. We're like, do not touch us. Do not touch us, you know? I mean, he's not the most... He's not my type anyways, whatever, you know, he's not my type. He's, he's, it's, it's Bob Geldof. So it's, he's, you know, amazing. He played the lead role in the movie, but I'm not going to throw someone a bone just because they're Bob Geldof. Anyways, um, what else happened? Okay. The Stone Roses. That was kind of scandalous. You don't know who the Stone Roses are. Well, they were banned from Manchester, England and the singer is named Ian Brown and he's fucking fine. He looked at the time like um, almost like Brian Jones, although he has brown eyes and brown hair. But he he's had that Brian Jones haircut and um, amazing singer and wicked fun. Um, okay, so this is this is I'm telling you some scandals because the '90s were kind of sorry. I'm feeding my cats. Just one second. As soon as I get my cats off my ass, I'll be good to go for a while. They're, just, they're surrounding me and they're just like better feed us now one second this is going to be loud okay so massage the whole band before the show and um they wanted to have a drink before the show so me and my two girlfriends this time i brought girlfriends pam and connie me pam and connie on the show I massaged them. We saw the show. And then after the show, they wanted to go have a drink. This was, had to be 95, 94, 95. I don't have anything in front of me. So we can brush up those details later. This is highlights, okay? And I had been dating a guy from Manchester at that time named Steve. But he was just too jealous, okay? And I was single now because I broke up with Steve because he just wouldn't, he was, he was a carpenter and, oh yeah, it had to be 95, okay? You know why I know it was 95? Because all of the British soldiers and French soldiers and American soldiers left Berlin because of the treaty, the 50-year treaty. They all left. So a lot of, British and Irish builders came to Berlin to rebuild Potsdamer Platz. That's the area that used to be the no man's land. So there was a million builders in Berlin. It was actually paradise. If you were a single woman, 95 was the best year to be in Berlin. It was, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but 89 to 95 was heaven on earth. Okay. Cause Oh, God, it was just so great. Anyway, so there were tons of British builders. I mean, it was sad that the British Army left. Really sad. But then the British, the British builders and Irish builders came to the rescue for us gals. Um, <laughs> they're so fun, okay? They're Brits and Irish. 
they're so fun. I mean, Germans are dependable and honest and all that stuff. Fucking Brits are hilarious, okay? So, anyhow, I was dating a Brit, and, you know, he kept going back home to Manchester to see his family. But one time he came back, and he goes, oh, I got rid of my flat in Berlin. I go, uh-huh. He goes, so I'm just going to live here with you and Jasmine. I'm like, mm, no, I have a very small apartment. That's not going to work. But he did stay at my house like two weeks, and it got really annoying super fast. I didn't like it. I don't like to live with anybody at all. I mean, I like men, but I don't want to live with one. Okay, I just don't. Because when I have a child, I want to give my attention to the child, not to a man. If I have free time, I'll go out. I'll give attention to a man. But I, I, can't, I can't do both. No, I just can't. So anyways, it didn't work. He started snooping around in my stuff and getting jealous and drinking and laying around and and being messy and just i was like i'm sorry this isn't gonna work you really need to find a, a new place so we broke up he was very 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 upset and i'm sorry about that but sometimes you get your heart broke and sometimes you have to break a heart so he was very upset okay we're in berlin he's from manchester i go to see the stone roses they're from manchester so we're in the irish bar near the metropole where the stone roses played and ian started to take a fancy to me you know he was like had his arm around me and oh my god he was so gorgeous like so gorgeous and work work day was over i wasn't no longer massaging okay massage was done we're out having a laugh and he asked me if i would like to go it's dark now. It's after the shower. So it's probably 12 midnight, maybe 1230 in the morning. And before the bus took off, he wanted to go and hang out on the bus, which is still parked in front of the Metropole. Now across from the Metropole was another bar that had a pool table. I think I hung out in that bar with a band called Pulp before. I had pictures of that. But anyhow, there were some steps on that bar that's facing the metropole and apparently i didn't see it neither did ian but ian and i literally skipped to the bus we were laughing our asses off and having a great time and we just skipped la 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 stop yelling at me cat skipped onto the bus okay hang on for a second i gotta feed the first cat come here i know you're gonna die if you don't have this food right now come here there you go. One down. Okay. <laughs> Come on, girls. Come on. I have to separate them because otherwise the boy cat eats all the girls' food. It's, it's, yeah. Anyways, here we go. Okay, now give me a minute so I can talk. All right? Goodness. So, Ian and I are on the bus. Light on the ceiling of the bus, kind of like an airplane light, you know, when you're on the airplane and everyone's sleeping, but you want to read those little overhead lights. There was an overhead light on. And actually we wanted to go to the back of the bus, the bus, but the guitar player, John Squire, was at the back of the bus and he was just sitting there alone in the dark. And we're like, oh, okay, we don't want to disturb you. 
So we went to the front of the bus. And like I said, there was a little light on, which is. So we started making out. And stuff you do when you make out. No, nothing, not third base. Don't think that, okay? We were just getting to know each other. Then suddenly, there's extreme banging and screaming going on. Okay? Extreme banging. And I looked and I saw that it was Steve, my ex that I just broke up with. And I was like, oh, my God. He goes, oh, my God, what's he saying? Is that German? I go, um, no, I think he's British. He goes, oh, no. He goes, wait a second. His accent sounds like he's from my area. I should go out and talk to him. I go, do not go out and talk to him. You'll get in a fight. And so Ian had a buzz on, and he starts to open the door, and Steve tries to reach in and, and grab him. And I was screaming and the bus driver woke up because the bus driver had been asleep on one of the bunks in the bus. And the bus driver's like, fuck off to Steve, you know, fuck off these twat. I did not at any time admit that I know that guy. I did not admit it. I was just quiet about it. And I go, oh my God, you have to help Ian. He's getting beat up. And the bus driver came, jumped out of the, out of the bunk and, and uh, beat Steve off the door and closed the door. And Ian's like, oh, I feel really bad. I wonder why he's so, so angry. And I'm like, no idea. And Steve ripped the fucking windshield wipers off the bus and was beating the windshield and calling me a slag, which is British for slut. It's like, dude, I broke up with you. We're not together. Um, uh, so needless to say, kind of killed. <laughs> well, that was a, a wet diaper on that evening. Um, so there's that. But I have some great pictures of me and Ian and we had a good it, we had a good laugh. It was a very exciting evening. I mean I felt bad for Steve, but what the fuck ever, dude? Like stalker. I don't like that behavior. Okay. Um I mean that happened another time a pop star named Aaron from a band called Worlds Apart came to visit me and stay at my house and because we did a video together for Germany's version of VH1, which was, um, oh God, what was it called? My head, but we did like, um, it's like MTV, but for Germany, we did a, an interview. He decided it would be a good idea to be the pop star in my video because they needed me to massage a pop star for the video. So I massaged Aaron. And Aaron stayed a couple of days and he started to like, like me. And I'm like, listen, dude, I have to go massage a band called the Charlatans. So I don't know what to do with you. I mean, there's no cell phones back then. You gotta keep remembering that. It's not like I could say, hey, text me later when I'm done working, we'll meet up or something. So he's like, oh, can I come? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, that's gonna be kind of weird me bringing a pop star to, to this show. You know, because their music was very bubblegum, kind of like NSYNC. The band called The World Apart. Like Take That, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. And he's very gorgeous, by the way. English, but Italian. So I was like, okay. So I went to the Charlestons. I'm like, 
Um, hope you guys are okay with the fact that um, I have a guest and put me plus one on the get on the guest list. So I massaged a whole band um, at the loft. They were playing in the loft because charlatans aren't that big yet in Germany. And then, like during intermission of the show, uh, um, Aaron was really like on my heels. He's like, "Come, what are you doing back there? I want to come back." I go, "I don't know if they want you backstage." You know, most of the time. Guys don't want other guys backstage. So I said to the band, who is also from Manchester, the Charlatans, um, I go, well, my friend that I'm with is called Aaron. He's from a band called Worlds Apart. And they're like, you're fucking taking the piss. I'm like, no. And and they're like, all right, let him come back. So he comes back for a minute to say hi. And they were slagging him off so bad. And I felt really, really bad. I think, what are they, Huxley's? I'll have to look it up. No, no. It was definitely the, the law because we went to that same Irish pub after. Um, anyways, they were so mean to Aaron. So he was wandering around Berlin all by himself. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. I can't. I told you not to come. I told you it would be a bad idea. They ridiculed him because of his music. They scathed him and he fucking left. So I went out drinking with... Um, I mean, I don't drink a lot. When I say I went out drinking, that means I brought them to the Irish par, pub. And I got a lot of pictures of me and the charlatans from that night. In fact, a lot of them wanted back rubs in the Irish pub, which I did a lot. The, the owner of the Irish pub was like, here we go again. So they would lay down on one of the benches in the Irish pub and I'd be massaging them. <laughs> so uh, what else? Um, yeah, what else was happening? Okay. Oh, oh yeah, look at my massage room. Um, that decade, it's so hard to just squeeze them all in. Okay, I massaged the Fugees and Lauren Hill. That was amazing. She loved me. She came twice to Berlin, and each time I massaged her. So anyone who says Lauren Hill's a racist is full of shit, okay, because she's not. I massaged Aerosmith. Me and Steven Tyler get along perfectly, okay? I massaged I massaged him. I met Steve in like in 84. And then again, I think it was like 98. And then again, back in America. So I have a lot of pictures of me and Aerosmith. I love Steven Tyler. He fucking cracks me up. How can I forget one of my best friends, Joe Jackson, who I met in the early 2000s in Berlin. He and I are still close friends. I talked to him last night, in fact. He sings that song, is she really going out with him? Anyways, he has an apartment in Berlin, one in New York and one in England. So I would massage him all the time in Berlin and we would go afterwards to a bar called the Janssen Bar, which has Frank Zappa night once a month. He would like to do that. We'd go together. We would walk to the Zappa Bar after the massage. And the Zappa fans were like, holy shit, that's Joe Jackson. I'm like, shh. I also massaged iced tea in Berlin. Me and my assistant Satu, the first ever dot bot, we gave him the four-handed massage and he wrote the most hysterical um, autograph to Dr. Dot, four hands rule, love iced tea. Eminem, which was hysterical. I massaged him in um, 99, right when he was blowing up. He was huge. My daughter said, Mom, guess what? Eminem's playing at the Columbia Hall. I go, Eminem? I go, 
like, that's a candy. She goes, no, no, he's the rapper, mom, Eminem. You should call him and ask if they, I called the Columbia Hall. It's like, um, and Ross answered the phone. I, I called the tour, the tour manager's office, like the production office. And the Scottish tour manager I know named Ross Duncan answered. He, he goes, oh, hey, Dot, what's up? I go, anyone need a massage? He goes, yeah, come on down. So I brought my massage table and went to the backstage and I, I walked into the dressing room and there was, you know, black dudes and Eminem. I go, which one of you guys is Eminem? And they all grabbed their, their testicles and they go, D's nuts. I'm like, what? And they did it again. D's nuts. I go, I don't understand. Like, who is Eminem? And they grabbed, they go, and they were laughing their asses off. Apparently, it's an inside joke that Dr. Dre made up called D's nuts. And every time you say the word who, when, what, or why, you have to grab your dick, I mean your balls, and say D's nuts. D-E-E-Z. D's nuts. Okay. So they had fun mocking me because I didn't know who M was. In fact, that made Eminem like me even more that I didn't know who he was, that I wasn't a fan, you know. And then I, um, after 90, he even had me dance on stage that night. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wearing a fucking white shirt that says Dr. Dot on it. It's going to be so embarrassing. And he's like, that's okay. Stand next to the DJ, DJ head, and just, just dance. You know, I'm like, um, okay. And a girl he was seeing, which was supposed to be secret at the time, I think he, um, the girl was a cousin of Proof. Unfortunately, Proof was killed in Detroit many years later, but Proof and Eminem were best friends, and Proof brought his cousin on tour. I have pictures of her, but I can't remember her name, and Eminem was, like, secretly seeing her, so everyone was like, shh, keep it down. Anyways, he had me and her dance next to DJ Head, and we were cracking up. I, I didn't even know how to dance to hip-hop at that time, plus... I was pretty famous in 99 because I wrote a book. So everyone in the first few rows were like, what the fuck is Dr. Dot doing on stage dancing in her Dr. Dot shirt? It was like really embarrassing and awkward. I was cracking up because there was not much on stage. There wasn't a bunch of, you know, musicians. It was just DJ Head and a couple others just like rapping. So you could see us, me and the girl, very clearly. It was, it was, I wish, there must be a video. There has to be a video of Eminem playing at the Columbia Halle in 1999. I have to fuck. you'll see me on stage if you see the video. Honestly, it was fucking hysterical. And then later on in two, 2000, I flew to America and did some of the East Coast tour. That tour was called Up in Smoke. And I was in touch with Eminem's manager called Paul Rosenberg. I think I had a cell phone at that time. Yeah. And... So Paul Rosenberg's like, hell yeah, come on to the 2000 tour up in smoke. And I did a, a few shows on the, and then that tour, I turned Eminem onto Frank Zappa. He loved it. We were traveling in his little van from like Hartford to Boston, Boston to New Hampshire for some private party, um, a VIP party. Actually, I have the pass right here. Let me get my glasses. Um, That private party was at the Palace, July 20th, 2000, Jammin' 94.5 after party. Eminem, Jammin' 94.5, Summer Jam. Anyways, Eminem was a special guest, and he's fucking awesome. And when I showed him around Berlin, by the way, I forgot this, in 99, he, um, he and DJ Head, they stayed in Berlin like three days, and they wanted me to drive them around because I speak German. 
obviously. I speak German, I speak English, I know my way around Berlin, I had a fucking car. So I was their little taxi service for a few days. I brought Eminem and his DJ head and proof. And the other guy's name, Bizarre. I was massaging Bizarre too. Um, I brought them to the laundromat. I brought them to Kentucky Fried Chicken. I brought them to banks to, to exchange money. I brought them to the movies. Um, I was at their disposal. I was like, I'm fucking taking care of it. And we went to a club. Me, I'm in the front seat. Um, the girl is in the passenger seat. Eminem and DJ Head are in the back seat. And we, well, there was other cars following us, but we went to a little club. DJ Head walks in with his case of D, uh, CDs. DJ goes up to the DJ, kind of uses his body to nudge him, nudge him aside, just nudge him aside. And the, the DJ's like, what the fuck? And he starts laying tracks. And the Germans are like, whoa, this is fucking awesome. Eminem jumps up on a little table and starts rapping like to the music that DJ had, he's freestyling. And the whole place was just like, the fucking mind was blown. This little bar was on a corner somewhere in Berlin Mitte. Um, I wish I remember the name of the bar. I, I probably wrote it down somewhere. I'm sure I did. Um, so the Eminem was a big highlight. I mean, he was always super nice to me. In fact, in they, they got rid of the first bodyguard I met in Berlin, this big black dude, I guess he wrote a book and said some secrets that he wasn't supposed to, so they fired him. And then they hired a white bodyguard. And he was he was like a a total guy. And he's like, so double D, what size is your tit? Talking to me like that. And Eminem's like, yo, dude, don't fucking talk to Dot like that. Don't fucking talk. So Eminem was like standing up for me. So mad respect. Love him. I mean I only like his first three albums. I don't like his music after that. So, okay, then we have a big highlight with Bruce Willis. That's also covered. I've already covered that. Um, I massaged Backstreet Boys at NSYNC. I massaged Justin Timberlake when he was age 16. That was fun. Um, and then they called my house all night long pranking. I massaged Yes. I massaged Mark Knopfler. From Dire Straits, I massage Sting. Sting fucking loves me. I massage Kiss. Um, oh, I massage Pantera. I think that was 2000 or 2001. I showed Pantera all around Berlin, and they were filming a DVD for that tour. So, and we we went out to eat at the Hard Rock, and there was a lot of cameras with their crew filming me. So I'm definitely somewhere in that DVD. Um, of course, I massaged Stone several times. I went on three different Stone tours through Europe. I met Jeff Beck. That was fucking heaven on earth. Um, that was, I think, was it 2007 was the first time I met Jeff Beck? Oh, he fucking immediately fell in love with me. I mean, he just melted into butter. He was just like giddy. The word giddy, okay? Well, apparently he had just got married a year before, so, you know. But I'm just saying, the man had weak knees around me. But I made him laugh so much. Like, I'm really, I'm really gutted that he's gone. Really gutted. So I massaged the Pogues in East Berlin. I'm all over the place with the dates. I massaged the Pogues, but Joe Strummer was the singer because apparently Shane McGowan was getting new teeth or sobering up. I don't know, but I, I saw Joe Strummer again. And we had a fucking blast because I met him before in 84 in America. 
he remembered me. I think it was either 1990 or 1991. And um, we went back to the hotel and he wanted to hang out in the hotel bar. He had a big ass boom box and he put it on the hotel bar and he was dancing on the hotel bar to Harry Balafonte music all night. And the Germans were like, what the fuck? After, I mean, I, oh, oh my God, Joe Strummer is so special to me. I'm so sorry. He's gone too, because that's another one. He was telling me about his three kids and his wife and stuff, but he really fucking loved me. I think the Brits um, and the Americans coming to Berlin really attached themselves to me more so like, let's say I never left America and I was just stationed in Connecticut my whole life. Yeah, okay, I'm fun. I give an amazing massage. But the fact that I was an American in Berlin really clung to me when they came to Berlin. They felt safe that I was around. Okay, like I showed Ace freely around Berlin. Actually, I was told to keep an eye on Ace for a week and a half in Berlin. Was it 19... 19, no, that was after. The first time was 97, and then they came back in 1999. Yeah, 97, like May of 1997. Um, Ace, because he was supposed to be sober, that was part of the deal, that he stays sober, but keep an eye on him. I'll show him around and all that stuff. And he was always at my house, and I was showing him around town. He bought a leather jacket with me and all this stuff. And the funny thing is, most of the time when we met downtown, I was on skates. He's like, why do you always have to wear skates? I'm like, because that's just what I do. That's just what I do. So um, anyways, back to my apartment. Um, he's like, oh, can I just sleep here? I'm so tired after I massage his back. And I'm like, no, you can't because... Um, my boy, I was dating a German at the time named Lars. I go, he's going to call. He's like, how old is he? I go, he's 19. He goes, well, I'll just kick his ass. I go, no, no, no. I don't want to fight. And Lars kept calling me saying, is that fucking guy still there? I'm like, yes. He goes, I'm coming over. I'm like, no, you can't. Don't. Do not come. I go, I'm trying to get him to leave. Excuse me, Ace. You have to leave. Because Lars is coming over and it's going to be a fucking fight. You have to leave. He's like, no, I'm not going to leave. I go, Ace, you have to leave. So Ace was kind of drunk at this point because across the street from my house at the time was a gas station and he made me buy the six pack because he's not allowed to buy alcohol. So I bought it for him. I've never drank a beer in my life. He drank the whole six pack and he was kind of wasted. I had to call the fucking German police to get him to leave. He wouldn't leave. And then I called his um, bodyguard or whoever the fuck the guy's name was. He goes, no, no, cancel the police, cancel the police. I'll fucking get him to leave. So the bodyguard came before the cops got there and made him leave. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Ace, you can't, you know. But, um, I mean, he forgave me because the next time I saw him, he was definitely, definitely sober in 99. But in 97, he was pretty wasted. Um... <laughs> I mean, even when we were in the Hardback Cafe, he would make me go to the bar and buy him alcohol, and then he was pretending that he had ginger ale. Um, to Berlin, Steve Vai, Scott Tunis came. Um, I massaged Jeff Healy, a blind guy. I massaged Rainbow, Jim. Um, Let's see who else. Oh, Didi Ramon came to Berlin. I think that was also 97, was it? 
Barbara. And I didn't get any sleep because Didi was like, we need weed. It was really exhausting having Didi at my house. Oh, and we went to a lot of shows. Went to see the Misfits and some local bands. I showed them all around town. Um, that's another thing. I was like a tour guide for these American and British stars. Like I knew my way around Berlin and I speak the language. So they just would like hook on to me, even though um, hot chicks everywhere and this and that. I was, I was like mom. Okay. I was mom to all of these rock. Here's a picture of me on my wall, massaging the undertaker from the wrestlers. He fucking loved me. Oh, and we got, Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. Oh my God, yes, I love him too. He is amazing. Pumpkins with the singer there. Um, Billy, whatever. The time Bush came to Berlin, I massaged Gavin. We asked Gavin about me, he loves me. We fucking, I got to meet Nick Cave from the Bad Seeds in Berlin and the Bloodhound Gang, fucking hysterical. Um, and pulp pulp is a band from england you probably don't know about i met johnny cash fucking johnny cash i met johnny cash in london at the airport and got his autograph stupid me i was too shy to ask for a picture or i didn't have a camera i don't know what the fucking problem was i didn't get a picture but i met him and his wife and his son in the airport i'm so pissed that i never got a picture i got to know depeche mode in germany which are they're huge in germany they're they're like gods Depeche Mode came to Germany. I massaged them. The singer fucking loves me. But when I'm here, he doesn't get massaged anymore. I don't know. Because um, he lives on Long Island with his wife. Maybe she's jealous. I don't know. But every... And when they go to Berlin, they would call Dr. Dot. So I kind of miss Berlin for that reason. That And I massaged typo negative Peter, who gave me his home phone number in Berlin. I massaged... Um, Ati in Berlin, and Good Charlotte, and um, who else? Hmm, looking around, Monster Magnet, um, Cypress Hill. May he rest in peace, loved him. And the Black Eyed Peas. Um, Eric Clapton, oh my God, me and Eric Clapton played foosball against each other because apparently he's a foosball king and someone told him that I'm really fucking good at it because I beat the whole band. And by the time he showed up to the venue, he's like, I heard you're, uh, you're pretty good at foosball. I'm like, I am. He goes, I'll play you. And I was in the middle of massaging a horn player. He goes, no, no, now. I'm like, I'm sorry. I had to end the massage, wash my hands and meet him in his dressing room to play fucking foosball. I got the first couple goals in because he was asking me what if I was American what am I doing in Berlin he was flirting with me okay and then after he saw that I was getting too many goals that was the end of the story he fucking whipped my ass three games in a row and he actually made me go get um some alcohol and a rag and clean the you got the handles all bloody oily with your massage oil you know um Um, massaged Alice Cooper in Berlin. That's the first time I met him. And who else? Oh, Bill Wyman. And of course, the Stones. 
And um, even though I did not Jay-Z's little sidekick there, Damon Dash, he was very forward with me. That's all I'm going to say, too forward. I massaged Garbage, a band called Garbage in Berlin. I saw the Ramones on their farewell tour in 96. It was so great seeing Joey again and going to his hotel and massaging his feet while he told me about his Japanese girlfriend and his cat he had named Mouse. He had a cat named Mouse. Um, and then one of the... This is... There was a show called Live 8. Thing, he wanted me to come to London and massage him and his wife. So I was in touch with the tour manager, William Francis, who has since passed a couple years ago. May he rest in peace. Fuck, everyone's dying. I got to get this book done. Fuck. Anyhow, I flew to London. They paid for my hotel and taxi and everything. I got treated like a fucking queen. And I got, I, I met with William Francis the night before the concert. And you could see that London was like under scaffold. They were like blocking off all the roads uh, for this concert. It was a huge, I'm in his apartment the night before and he gave me the golden ticket. He actually gave me two. I couldn't find anyone to give it to. I, <laughs> so I have, I have a spare one as a souvenir because I went alone. Fuck, you know. Um, Ding and his wife. They're like, just go, go ahead and, you know, just stick around backstage in case we need you again. And I got to massage Robbie Williams from Take That. I massaged, um, what's his name here? Jimmy Fallon and that black guy from American Idol, Randy, Randy Jackson, I think his name is. Um, I saw Mariah Carey, who I had just massaged like a month before in Berlin. And we talked and I got a picture with her because she didn't want to get photographed directly after I massaged her because, you know, women are, that's how we are. If we look all, you don't want to get a picture. So she's like, don't worry, Dot, next time I see you, we'll pose for a picture. So I saw her backstage, you know, got a picture with her. You know, she was kind of cross in Berlin, but she was polite in London. And she mentioned me on stage. She said, I just want to give a shout out to my masseuse, you know, on you can see that if you watch Live 8, you can see her talk about her masseuse. That's me. And, oh, Lenny Kravitz and Robert Plant. That was 93. Um, that was fucking great. I showed Robert around Berlin for a couple days. Yeah, I think he was there four or five days. Um, and it was bothering him that he was opening for Lenny Kravitz. He kept saying, guess what we're going to call this? We're calling this tour the Poor Lenny Tour because we're so fucking hot. But Lenny Kravitz had a hit out at that time, so he was more popular in Europe than Robert Plant was at the time. But I hung out with Robert Plant and his band every night. I showed them around to Abraxas, um, clubs, and he didn't like Abraxas because nobody recognized him. Like, he wanted to be recognized, okay? Otherwise, he wasn't happy. That's how it was. Um, I showed him around Berlin. One day we were walking around in the daytime in Berlin and we sat down on a bench and he, he fell asleep on the bench. He goes, no, just let me sleep for a while. He took a nap. So I was like walking around in circles, 
kind of protecting him while he fell asleep on the fucking park bench in Berlin, broad daylight. <laughs> it was in a beautiful area of Kunststrasse with a lot of lovely vines all around it. Um, I should have took a picture. What's wrong with me? Um, oh, I massaged Iron Maiden. The first time I massaged Iron Maiden, they were they were drinking and they were funny as fuck. Okay, very friendly, loose, didn't care, invited me back to the hotel. We raised hell. The second time I met them, they came to Berlin. Everybody was sober. Everyone was really bitchy. I'm like, what the fuck? They were like different people. I mean, but I'm glad they're sober now. But they were more fun when they were drinking. I massaged um, Buster Rhymes, kind of grumpy. And where is he now? Not, not really around, is he? Um, Crow, who was um, talking about her breakup with Eric Clapton. She was very sad about that. He broke her fucking heart. Eric Clapton broke her heart. I'm telling you right now. But she's a lovely lady. I also massaged the cranberries, Dolores. She was very standoffish at the beginning, but by the end of the massage, she fucking loved me. And she's gone now, too. Very sad. Great woman. I massaged Leonard Skinner in Berlin. They were fucking hysterical, okay? I massaged them two days in a row. And the second night, they invited me to their hotel room, one of their rooms. Everybody came to the same room. They turned off down the lights almost to darkness so that we could listen to their upcoming CD. It was a Christmas CD. Nobody yet i got to fucking sit in the dark with the whole band and listen to her i mean there was like a little tiny candle light going on the funniest thing ever though they were all air guitaring air drumming air basing to the music it was hysterical okay fucking i'll never forget that moment i was like i can't believe this happened i massaged um joe walsh when he was with the eagles um and I want a massage, but don't make me feel like a cabbage. I'm like, a cabbage? Okay. I'll try not to make you feel like a cabbage. Um, yeah. So I massaged Blondie in Berlin, Deborah Harry. And then I massaged her the next day at her hotel. Fucking hysterical. That woman is, is dead. Me in the lobby with in a house coat. No makeup. She doesn't give a flying fuck. I love her. Okay. I love her head a few times okay and me and Lemmy we were tight I gave him the only massage he's ever had in his life he said he doesn't want anyone touching him because he's a control freak he likes to be in control I still massaged him he's like no I really don't I don't like people touching me I'm, so I'm start to massage him and I'm like tell me more about how you don't like to be touched sooner before he knew it he was getting a massage he told me his favorite band at the time was Evanescence. He kept listening to her voice over and over again while he dipped strawberries in sugar and eat the strawberries with sugar and take a swig of Jack Daniels to wash it down. Fucking cracks me up. Um, see, they're from England. Skunk and Nancy opened for Lenny Kravitz and she stole the show. The singer's name is Skin. She was way, way, way better than Lenny Kravitz. That woman, I had to stop a massage and go see who was singing. I was like, I'm sorry, I'll be right back. I went and had a look at her. I was like, fuck, and who the fuck is this woman? She's one of the best singers I've ever seen and heard in my life. If you don't know who she is, look her up. Her name is Skin, like Skin, okay? And I, I got a picture of her feet. 
I never got a picture, a selfie of us because it was late at night and it was, I didn't want to impose on her. I thought I'd see her again, but I haven't. I massaged Nickelback in Liverpool. Um, massage Green Bay. Um, who else? Freaking, um, I moved back to America in, um, 2015 and I did a commercial for Buick. Very well, but in the end, I'm not really corporate. It's hard to put me in a corporate box because I'm too rock and roll. Um, I also had that big scandal massaging the president of Georgia, which I think was 2008 or accidentally, inadvertently was responsible for having a president impeached the country, Georgia, to massage a president. I wrote about it on my blog and shit hit the fucking fan. All you have to do is Google Dr. Pretty much in the book already. I've massaged Katy Perry since then. Um, and Mick Jagger's brother, by the way, uh, Chris, every time he came to Berlin, he would come to my flat. Came to my apartment for massages. Um, so I've had the foodies at my house. I've had Kiss at my house, the Ramones, Mick Jagger's brother. I've had, um, what? Neighbors were like, what the fuck? Um, I massaged the ankles of death metal and Kid Rock and Motley Crue. Uh, and, uh, David Byrne from the Talking Heads, which is, I consider a fucking... I've massaged Sonic Youth, War, Herbie Hancock. I massaged Herbie Hancock in Berlin. All of this stuff into one. With Alice Cooper and some 41. There's a band called Some 41 and the keyboard player from The Doors and more stuff. More Van Halen. Yeah, Van Halen in Berlin. How can I forget massaging Eddie Van Halen in Berlin? That was amazing. And uh, what's this band here called? Um, Incubus. Massage Incubus in Berlin. Um, show on tour but now he doesn't because he's in a covid bubble unfortunately but backstage at live eight i forgot let's go back to live eight it was paradise it was heaven on earth madonna was walking around ricky gervais was walking around uh paul mccartney was walking around uh roger waters showed up and i was like oh yes mm, i love me some roger he doesn't know that I crush on him. He just thinks I'm goofy dot and he loves my massage. But I crush on Roger so hard. I don't care if he's 80, he's still hot. David Gilmore. Everybody in the Pink Floyd band except band except Sid Barrett. We played together at Live Eight, and I was not just front row, honey. I was in the press pit front row. Like, I was with the fucking press in the front row. 
right? That's how front row I was for fucking Pink Floyd. And I held my shitty cell phone. I held it in my hand the whole time and let my daughter listen to it live. Back and listening to Pink Floyd play live. And the and let's see. Oh, another big highlight. Okay, it might not mean much to you. So, like at Live Aid. stage on the side I mean I'm on the stage but I'm looking at it from behind one of the speakers while Sting was massaging and my wife is standing right next to him Trudy I mean I know her I've massaged her too everyone everyone who doesn't know me on the stage like Stella McCartney she doesn't know me I Travis's daughter was there I was looking at a corner of my eyes and I was looking, I, I was enjoying looking at their faces because they were looking at me like, who the fuck is this chick that Sting is massaging? Like Sting has really, really strong hands. And he was doing my shoulders because he knew how many massages I had given that day. So we're watching The Who. I'm watching The Who while Sting massages me while he's also watching The Who, standing up. Fucking that moment. And also a moment, um, I think it was in, Prague, the stones were getting ready to go on stage, and they all passed by me. And one by one, they said, "Y'all right, dot. Hey, dot. Hi, dot." I'm just standing there trying to get out of their. I'm out of their way, letting them all pass by me. And it was just so heavenly that they're all like, "Y'all right, dot. Mick, Keith, Ronnie, Charlie." Oh no, Daryl was there. Bill wasn't there in Prague. So yeah. It was just so cute that they all were saying hi to me. Um, I caught up with Bill again when he came through Connecticut, though. Oh, yeah. Um, also, I was on the Howard Stern show in early 2000. I think it was like February or March 2002. I was on the Howard Stern show. I went into the studio, and they're like, either show us your tits, or we're going to rake you over the coals. I'm like... I'm like, oh, I'm not going to show my tits. They go, well, you're not famous in America yet, so it's going to be boring for the for the viewers if you don't show your tits. And I go, bring it on. They go, if you don't show your tits, we're going to rake you over the coals because we need like to shock our do. I'm like, just bring it on. And they attack me. They're like, oh, she's probably just a groupie and all stuff. I'm like, I'm not. So I I stood up for myself so well. I have it on audio tape, not video. Somewhere there's a video because it used to be a video show. But by the end of the show. I, Howard was like, you're all right, Dr. Dot. And first he called me Dr. Hawk. When I first walked in, he goes, oh, that's Dr. I mean, Dr. Hawk. I would take a massage from her. I have that audio bite. Um, anyways, show. Um, he used to be really big back then. Now he used to be the shock jock. Now we've just, if you ask me, um, he tells people, fuck your freedom and go get the jab and all this stuff. And, uh, oh, and Harry Connick Jr. How could I forget Harry Connick Jr.? Harry Connick Jr. not only use, uses my massage team wherever he goes, I got to finally massage him in Berlin. Taking a nap. And the manager goes, hey, Harry. He goes, let me go wake him, Dot. Harry, uh, Dr. Dot here. He goes, yeah, just tell her, you know, tell them to wait until after my nap. He goes, no, it's not a Dot Bot. It's actually Dr. Dot. He goes, what? What? And I heard him 
come out, you know, she's like, what, what? He comes out of the dressing room and he looks in the hallway, his hair's all messy. He goes, oh my God, you're a doctor. You're the real Dr. Dot. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, hey, everybody, it's the real Dr. Dot. I was so embarrassed. And like, he was, but I loved it, but I was embarrassed. I was like, shh, that's okay. He's like, no, no, this is, Doc. I love you, man. Thank you for taking care of me for so long and all this stuff. I'm like, it was so nice. It was so wonderful. So I massaged him there. And then after the show, he wanted another massage. And we got in the, it was, it was the driver, me in the back seat and his manager in the back seat. That's it. In the limo van, whatever it was. He, or a limo car. He called his wife in America. He goes, honey, guess who I'm sitting next to? She goes, who? He goes, Dr. Dodge. She goes, no way. He goes, yeah, I'm sitting with Dr. Dodge. He's going to give me another massage. She's amazing. I was, I was like, I can't, am I on candid camera or something? Because this is just too much. It was so amazing. I couldn't believe it. I would, so that is something that's always, and when I massaged Steve Miller from the Steve Miller band, first time I massaged him, it was like a three hour massage. And he talked the whole time and told me everything, everything, everything. He talked a lot about Jimi Hendrix and how he thinks he was murdered by Russian uh, mafia. Because they were pretending to be his P.S. here. How the fuck can I forget to mention Simon Cowell? Simon was like early 2000s in Philadelphia when he was still doing American Idol. And he fucking loved me. He was like, I should have you on my show to make me look good. Up, I made him laugh so fucking hard that he kept in touch. And every time um, he was in London, he would. I was in America and Berlin, back and forth, back and forth. He would fly me from Berlin to London all the time to massage him. And oh, not just London, but Birmingham as well. Like Simon is fucking hysterical. I love him to bits. Okay, no one. Simon Cowell, no one. I mean, Cal, it means you don't know him. Hysterical. Only thing I have to, to complain about Simon is that he smokes cigarettes during the massage. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> What's up with Brits smoking during the massage? Ron Wood does that too. Ronnie Wood was smoking cigarettes during the massage. Uh, Simon Cowell played Stevie Wonder. Most of love Stevie Wonder. How cool is that? Okay. Um, it was someone else. Okay. I forgot to mention, I think it was 2018. I was flown to England to do the morning show and do my bite massage on the morning show again. Cause I've been on, I've been on a, another English show called good morning. G before that, but this is a recent one, 2018. And I was in the makeup room getting some powder and in walks an old dude and sit The makeup lady and the old man looked at me and they go, how the know who Dale Boy is? I go, I've seen every fucking show. The show is called Only Fools and Horses. It's called Sir David Jason. Fucking Brit ever, okay? He was knighted, so now he's a sir. And I doing on the show and I told him I'm doing a bite massage 
And he goes, oh, give me a little sample. So I was biting Del Boy. He was cracking up and he went out on stage. But an American lady was just biting me. I need that. I need that video. Okay, I need that show, Only Fools and Horses. When I lived in Berlin, I was heavily into English humor. I still am. I'm an Anglophile through and through. I've seen One Foot in the Grave, Black Adder, Only Fools and Horses, um, A League of Gentlemen, Faulty Towers, every Monty Python, every Benny Hill. I haven't seen the young ones yet, which I, I'm embarrassed about. But yeah, I wanted to mention that um, Simon Cowell. How? And I'm looking at these other pictures here of Fish, the singer from Marillion. I massage Fish. That was a, a crazy night. I'll get into details for that. He's not. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How can I forget them? I will fill you in, but these are just the highlights, okay? But I just had to add my PS in there about Simon Cowell because I fucking love Simon. And I'm so happy that he has a child now. So there's that. to have book part two who knows you know that's how um book publishers are you just never know i just want to throw it in there not only did i massage slipknot a few times gotta remember slipknot i also met rick okasic from the cars walking down the street in manhattan um he was the first rock star I ever met back in 80 autograph wasn't enough so I started offering massages with Def Leppard so it all started with Rick Ocasek I'm just saying um, um, part two I just want to say that like um, from 2002 until Berlin to was so I had one fin one foot in Berlin. Um living two lives, okay? And it was exhausting, but I was still young enough to do it. You know, I was constantly jet lagged, but I was jogging every day and you know, keeping fit and building people and always working and bathroom it was pretty cool and I had a really tiny flat in Berlin so everything was affordable and easygoing and I started doing the Zappanella in 2007 
big Frank Zappa festival. I did that in 2007 and 2009. And um, in 2010, my daughter got idea unfortunately because I love Liverpool and from Berlin to Jersey I subletted my Berlin and just concentrated on living in Jersey so I could be close to my daughter and then I got my own place I moved out of the German roommate's apartment place in Jersey City and I was completely and then I met a Turkish guy, much younger than me. In fact, he's the same age as my daughter, who looks exactly like George Harrison. We dated for eight months, very casually. And then because he overstayed his visa, I married him so we could continue dating. Um, could stay you know because he was going to get deported and I got a baby and it could just snowballed it was supposed to be light and breezy dating and then I got pregnant so my son was born August and I had like this was like the height of my career I was offered a um a tv cameras over all the time like I was definitely there and getting my foot in the door but the baby came and oh my god it was so busy it was just unbelievable and then the father being young that he is kind of got sick of the whole and so I raised I've been raising my kid 99.9 percent .9 alone and the father for a year sometimes a year and a half and um no animosity, it is what it is. And I'm strong as fuck, throw something at me. Um, often and sees my son once a week and you know, or nicely, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I don't live with him, he has his own place, um, but there's no animosity, whatever, I don't care. You know, as long as and Everybody's nice to each other. That's what's important. So that's the personal thing. And um, I still do the massage thing. And the reason why it's taken me so long to do the book is because <laughs> raising a child alone, family in New Jersey, nobody wants to fucking help. I mean, I have one friend named Brandon. And he's tired because he's 75, but he helps. He comes over and helps sometimes. And my son is extremely energetic, extremely. And shit that we don't like. And so he's homeschooled. He loves to be homeschooled. He doesn't want to go to school. And um, so we're together 24 hours a day. And that's why um, it's morning. And eaten. Okay. So that's. It's like the house is on fire since 12 years. <laughs> but um, still super happy. And um, by the pandemic, for sure. That really fucking industry, let me tell you. Not just my company, but everybody's. Because a lot of people 
I mean, everybody stopped touring, all right? Mike, rock and pop stars. That's what I do for a living. Scotland, England, Ireland, Belgium, Holland, Poland, Russia, everywhere. to get a massage down down back up like um, an artist named G easy who also loves the Beatles so occasionally there's still stuff I mean a lot of my company now actually um, Roddy, Roddy Rich, Tyler the Creator. Um, I can't. Oh, oh, and we were as customers for like 15 years. Unfortunately, George Brown died a couple of days ago. That was sad. Fuck. Um, cancer took him. Cancer sucks. Actually, he died yesterday. So, well, Thursday. And today is now, it's actually now Saturday. But um, it's a clients pass away really sucks, you know, and in reality, I don't believe this much better, better than other people, okay, and in Germany, I was known as the celebrity, Jesus, and that's, I don't know, I'm sorry, but because, especially in Germany, they kind of hate celebrities, they just don't like them, and then here, girl, the celebrity, this is, Hating me because of that name, the celebrity misses, you know. What they hate understand is I got into this again to show this for free. Instead of massaging all stars just to see the shows for free. Celebrities are not essential. Music is the best. Celebrities, it's, I'm pretty much obsessed with music. That's why. Um, I wanted to sum up where I am, what I'm doing. I forgot to mention, I, you know, Peter Frampton, a rapper. I'm looking at other pictures here. Oh my God, Simply Red. You'll hear about that chapter, but yeah, so. All this stuff has happened. Oh, and Jim Norton. How can I forget my fucking friend, Jim Norton, that comedian? He cracks me the fuck up. I love him. Um, bass players in the world. Here, I'm looking at my wall of fame here. Um, but yeah. And Patrice Zappa, two of my best friends. I talk to them like almost every day on the phone. Vera Ramon used to be married to Didi, and Patrice Zappa is Frank Zappa's sister. These two women are like peanut butter and jelly with me. I love them. I'll do anything for them. Whenever they need help, they just call me and I do whatever they need because I love them. They're like family. And I love Jim Jackson. I just talked to him last night too. So, yeah, that's what's going on. I'm still alive and kicking, and this is my story, and this is just the highlights. 
I'm going to fill in all those little spots. I just wanted to get this out so that Sandra, my co-writer, can transcribe this and we can get this done. And so this is the last PPSS, I promise.